down the back straightaway. The crowd explodes, but Freddy takes the lead. Oh, baby! Now join Michael Rigsby from the Dirt on Dirt studio for Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. We're left with these 28 drivers battling for nearly $203,000 to win. Mansfield Motor Speedway up on your feet. It's a four-wide salute to the inaugural Dirt Million. Ricky Weiss has got a good hot run under him. He'll take momentarily down the back straightaway. And they're side by side. They squeeze into three. And Shannon Babb is your leader. 19 in the books. It's still Babb. Marla Richards. Oh, no! Davenport oh. into the Ute tire. In trouble, he gets clipped as well. The 49 is mangled, and the caution is out. Okay, for the lead. Davenport oh, to take the lead in turn number two. It's Pierce time. Pierce and Babb, two of the most famous names in Illinois. Dirt racing history for a second in the dirt million. Oh, oh my God! Bobby Pierce got him. That car is ill handling. Are you kidding me? Still hanging on it's though. Smoking. Bobby Pierce, just a matter of time it's on the outside. Bobby over. Pierce takes the lead. It's over for Owens. Formerly ran that car to the inside. Earl Pearson Jr. going to try to take the lead from him off the corner. No, Pierce Mallet back. Oh, they're side by side. Time to go. What a show at Mansfield. Look at Greg Satterley. Satterley's there as well. And Ricky Weiss, four cars throw under a blanket. You're kidding me. Two by two. Pearson throws the slider on the bottom. Up the track, up the track. Pierce with the crossover. Down the straightaway at the line. Oh. At the line. Checkered flag in the air. The winner of the inaugural Dirt Million is going to be Earl Pearson Jr. Turn, sometimes you just get a feeling. Sometimes, turn, you get a vision and you can just you can just see the future clearly. You get an inkling, if you will, turn, when it all comes together. We start this show, turn, by looking back to last week's show. Roll that beautiful clip, turn. Roll, roll it right now. Please roll it. My prediction, it's going to be over 200,000 to win and pushing 5,000 to start, which would be a couple of nuts numbers much like the dome in december i think you're going to see a ton of social media engagement cody's events are always built around that turn this is where i make my dirt million prediction you see that guy on screen i do get ready i'm gonna go off the grid a bit earl pearson jr finds the bottom at mansfield and wins on saturday night lock it up that is my prediction and that was five to go turn turn i kept the beard because i felt like it was good luck last week 
I mean, can I say this? I'm glad I'm, I'm picking against Derek and not you, <laughs> you know? You'd have ten tattoos if you I were know. picking against me. To be fair, I did not know that Earl Pearson Jr. would pit five times during the inaugural Dirt Million and win it in quite that fashion. But nonetheless, I think that I have proven, Turn, I am the greatest picker of races of all time. Yes? Uh, greatest? This Maybe. is Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live for Tuesday night, August 28th. And man... Do we have a lot to get to tonight? Of course, congratulations to Earl Pearson Jr. and to Ronnie Stuckey on winning in Mansfield on Saturday night. The second highest paying, second, number two, dirt late model race of all time went to Pearson. When what I think we can only call a wild race. It wasn't a great race in the traditional sense of the word, but it was entertaining as hell. And I'm not sure there's anybody that left that Northern Ohio Oval not excited, at least, about what they just saw. I have just... I have just pages and pages of Dirt Million breakdown to get to. We've got everything from my idea that there was at least five guys, five at least, that could consider themselves heartbroken Saturday to the return of Brian Burkoffer. Suave was locked in a jail cell at one point this weekend. Stay tuned for that. A few issues that Mansfield had, of course, that they've got to work through. The Rocks, we're going to talk about that. And just notes on notes on notes of Dirt Million discussion that we will hammer out in the next hour. And let's not forget, it is one of the big three. What do I mean by that? There are three big weekends in Dirt Late Model Racing. Memorial Day to start the season. July 4th weekend or wherever it falls in the middle of the season. And Labor Day weekend to start to put a bow on the season in a lot of places. This coming weekend, Labor Day, is just jammed full. So many races, and not just the big, big national tour stuff that we all talk about, but three and four and $5,000 to win regional specials all over the country. I will do my best, and this was not easy to make this list, trust me. I will do my best to give each one of them some love. And, of course, the headliner that is kind of cool on the heels of the second highest paying dirt late model race of all time, just eight nights later, we will have the highest paying single day dirt late model race of all time. The 50th annual Hillbilly 100, $50,000 to win this year. This coming Sunday, we'll have complete coverage of that. Not live this year, maybe next year. Maybe next year, Carl Short and I will get together on that. There's uh, been some discussion. Maybe next year, the Hillbilly 100 be live. But later in the show, we'll have West Virginia's own Josh Richards to discuss his home state's biggest race and ask him the question. I got to ask him, can he believe that he has not won a race since Golden Isles in February? How could it be? And also, how could it be nine days from now, the biggest dirt late model race in the world? Still, bar none, no arguments, the World 100, the granddaddy of them all, will be live at DirtOnDirt.com. The World 100 is just around the corner. DOD live for the world in nine days. Turn, you tired yet? We're getting to September, buddy. You tired yet or no? I mean, you're wearing me down a little bit. I'm, I'm starting to, but I got to pick myself back yeah, up. That's right. We let's a, go. We got a lot of live we, stuff. We got a up. lot of live stuff coming up and just general coverage in general. Co- general coverage in general. It's like those general commercials with Shaquille O'Neal. Uh, Swath missed another lock, too, Turn. So maybe that will pep you up a little bit. There you go. Let's get this show started, though, with five things. Number one on five things, $202,940. Let me repeat that again. $202,940 is what Earl Pearson Jr. won on Saturday night 
at the inaugural Dirt Million, capping a wild race that can only be described as one of the more entertaining features of the year. The 17th starting Pearson took the lead from Bobby Pierce on lap 92 and then survived the rim-riding Pierce on the top and on the bottom over the final eight laps to capture the second-highest payday in the history of our sport. Like I said, this race really was kind of nuts. Most guys knew it might take a pit stop or two to win it, but EPJ came in five times during the course of the 100-lapper. Five. His last being on lap 51. A crew chief and car owner, Ronnie Stuckey, told me they weren't only changing tires, but they were making chassis adjustments each time they came in as well. It looked, though, like the cushion-blasting Pierce might have gotten by him at the end, but he might have taken his shot right there on the bottom a little too early. Bobby might have needed to wait and try it around the top. That slip-up by Pierce and series of other heartbreaks for other drivers ultimately led to Pearson hanging around and hanging around and cashing the biggest check he's ever put away in his long and storied dirt late model career. Earl Pearson Jr., over $202,000 tonight. What do you feel like right now? It ain't even set, set in yet. I don't even know what to think about it, but... I mean, what a heck, heck of a race. You know, we was coming up through the field there, and Davenport, I don't know what happened going into turn one. He spun out, and I hit him, and luckily it didn't tear up anything, but I had to go to the tail, and just wasn't that good when I went to the tail. So we kept coming in. I think we come in three different times, had a flat, and Ronnie and the boys, they just kept working on it, working on it. And next thing I know, uh, I don't know, about 20 to go. Here we are, close to top ten. And then I, that last caution, I think it was 11 ago, you know, when Jimmy had his problems. I feel bad for him. But um, anyway, there was a couple guys that had flats. And next thing I know, I'm starting outside of Weiss there. And I knew if I could get get down in front of him, my car was pretty good right through the middle. But, you know, me and Bobby had a heck of a race there. And I knew if I ever got by him, I had to get up on the cushion there. And I'm not no cushion racer by no means. But uh, that's the only way I was going to keep him behind me. And, um, you know, that one time going in the one we got up beside me, he probably could have slid job me and, but I, you know, respect him. I can, you know, hopefully he respects me as, as a racer. And um, for that kind of money, I mean, he drove me awful clean. I drove him clean. So, uh, but, you know, them guys come on second. I'm sure they disappointed. That's a big paycheck, too. So, uh, but I can't say enough for Black Diamond Chassis and um, Sunoco and Lucas Oil and uh, Clements Racing Engines and all the guys back at Louisiana, all the people that put this team together late last year. Uh, you got Jason Pappas, Jason Round. Um, J.R. Haley, I mean, the list goes on and on, but, you know, what, what a heck of a night. The victory lane for this one was really neat, too. Remember, a lot of people, and I'll say myself included, did not know if this move for Pearson this year would end up working out, but he's been steady and consistent the entire season, and you could see the emotions spilling over with Stucky and Earl and Garrett Alverson and just everybody in victory lane. This one wasn't only about the money, but putting a firm stamp on the fact that this team made the right call forming up. Number two on five things, you can't tell the story of the inaugural Dirt Million without touching on the heartbreak, and there was plenty of it. Let's start with the first driver to have his $200,000 dream crushed. Pole sitter Don O'Neill, who won back in July at Mansfield, led laps one through nine this weekend, fell back to fifth, and then right here, he slowed on lap 18 with a broken jack shaft that proved to be terminal. O'Neill's night was over early. Next to feel the sting was Jimmy Owens, who... At one point, I really thought was going to win this race. He took the lead from Shannon Babb on lap 77, and I honestly thought he was going to add another massive win to his resume. And then this happened. Look at this shot by our own Dylan Schiebel going into turn three right here. 
boom, motor gone right at that point. The culprit was a busted radiator that sent the power plant's temperature soaring, and that was all she wrote ugh, for the 20 car. And the third of the heartbreak trio was Bab himself. Of the six drivers who led the race, it was Shannon who led the most laps, pacing the field from laps 16 through 76. And at one point, Shannon was comfortably ahead. Owens did get by him, but when Jimmy lost his engine, Bab felt really comfortable that he was right back in the mix, and the stopwatch suggested, based on lap times, he could still win it. But then, during a caution on lap 89, with Bab poised to make another run, a flat right rear tire, yuck, forced him pit side. He said it was a rock, as there was no wear on his tires, really. Keep in mind, it's not only those three major heartbreaks we're talking about. That doesn't include Brandon Shepard, who also had an issue late in the race with a flat as well. And Mike Marler, there's the Shepard issue right there. And Mike Marler, this one was tough for him. He ended up having contact with Bobby Pierce right here on the front stretch. Pierce gets that big run in Oofta right there in the left rear on Marler. I really think there was five drivers that had a shot at this thing only to fall short. Don, did you feel something starting to go away or did it happen all at once? Yeah, it started vibrating some, and I think the rear end finally went out of it. But just hate it for everybody on the whole team. So just go on to the next weekend. Um, it's, uh, it's, I don't know if there's words to describe it, but, uh, hell, I almost expected it. The way our take on life, <laughs> two years of being, actually, Chris texted me the other day on the way home. He said, man, that was heartbreaking. I was like, uh, you know, Chris, I'm like, screw cheap or whatever. He said, that had to be worse than losing Knoxville. I was like, no, no, actually it wasn't. I said, it was, granted, it was 200,000 to win, and, you know, we had a rock go through the radiator and ended up burning the motor up trying to win. And you're, you're kind of in a tough spot there because it ain't like having a flat tire because, you know, I've got to make a decision. and ain't nothing good going to come out of this decision because <laughs> my motor's overheating. It's 200000 to win, so you got to go. You got to see if it'll make it. You know what I mean? Right. You got to try to run it to the end. And, uh, and so there was that little bit of drama going on in my head there that kind of took away from the whole, you know, daggone it, we're going to lose deal. But, uh, but anyways, we was talking about that, comparing it to losing Knoxville. I was like, well, you know, this one was um, was out of my hands. I couldn't do nothing about it. Knoxville was a whole lot worse to me because that was my fault. It, it, it definitely, um, it definitely was emotional roller coaster. Uh, you know, I had a big smile on my on my face the whole time I was out there. My car was just spot on. You know, couldn't been any happier. And I was talking to myself. I had my right myself in the right position and. I knew that uh, the guys were going to attack me at some point. It, 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 anybody would when it got down to the closing laps. But um, when the tire started kind of going away, I, I knew the rubber was right. You know, I was driving, trying to keep the tire underneath the car, drive the car nice and straight. But I felt like I had probably cut it on a rock or something, and, and it was starting to go down. And a couple of them guys got by me. And, uh, you know, it was just like I said, it was an emotional roller coaster. You just have to keep your uh, keep your head up and – and uh, come in, got me another tire, and went back out, seeing what we could do. But, uh, you know, like I said, uh, I'm just happy that sports come to where it has. You know, finally we're racing for a lot of big money, and I think all the teams and all the owners and the, uh, you know, we've all kind of got ahead of the promoters at some point, and now the promoters are catching back up to where we're at. I think it's awesome. 
Check out the heartbreak story that Kevin Kovac did on the website to see how well these guys handled it with grace, humility, and sportsmanship. It was a night none of them or I will ever forget. Number three, let me clean out my Dirt Million notebook. We have to start with something that happened literally in the first hour of the event. Scott Bloomquist, probably the favorite coming into the race, qualifies fast overall, which would have put him on the pole of a heat and really set him up for the weekend. Then he comes in 15 pounds light at the scales. You see him and Steve Francis debating it there. Our own Webb Diller got some great video of it low angle during the broadcast. This really puts Scott behind the entire weekend. He ended up rallying to get fifth in the feature. But what might have been for the zero car, if not for that 15 pounds, Ben Shelton grabbed him. Look at Steve and him. Ben Shelton grabbed him in the infield. Hey, guys, we're down in the infield. Scott Bloomquist, Scott, you're still in the infield. You set quick time, but then we're being told you're light. What have you been told? That's what he said. I just want to take it across one more time and just be sure he gets the same thing and be sure it's on the scales all the way. It's happened a couple of times. Our car sits different on scales, so I just want to be sure we're on there right. Whether or not he changes his decision or not, I just want to see it. Did he say how many pounds you were light? He said 15 pounds. Meanwhile, how about Brian Burkoffer announced week of he was going to race the Dirt Million. He wins two heat races during the weekend and late in the race was running inside the top five. He ended up pulling off late with mechanical issues, but just seeing him back not only gave the event a boost, but you could just feel the energy in the crowd too. word on the street is we might see that dirty 30 a little more, maybe the World 100. Come on, Jason Round, they'll put the 15B, please put the 15B back on the side of the car as it's intended to be a couple of really hard hits this weekend first tim mccready ugh, turns three and four on friday he was okay with show up points though so t-mac left after friday night he didn't need to stay glad timmy's okay and jared landers right into your living room with this one dylan Schiebel, another nice shot j-rod was okay too both guys took hard wax this weekend at mansfield for my money one of the neatest moments of the weekend was max blair winning a heat race over jimmy owens on saturday night remember blair had a provisional to get into the show via the Dirt Million voting anyways, but he didn't need it. He hung on versus Owens, and for folks that don't think he belongs in the top 25, at least in that bottom five, I got to disagree with you. This kid can drive. He ran 10th in the feature in that Western PA contingent, and there was a ton of them at Mansfield. They loved this heat race win. And how about this? Now, this is a statistic turn. From January 1st, 2013 through August 24th, 2018, look at this. Earl Pearson Jr. won 15 races in that five and a half years. The total winning purses was $152,000. In one night, he beat it by 50 grand. One night, he won 50000 more than he had won in the past five and a half years before that. That is unreal, and that puts a bow on my Dirt Million notebook. Number four, the biggest non-Dirt Million race on the schedule was at Brandon Hardgrove's Lake Cumberland Speedway in Kentucky for the Harold Hardgrove Memorial. And let's just say... What a night this was. The box score is going to show, look at this, that Jason Jameson went three wide with Billy Moyer and Jason Welshin on the opening lap, and that proved to be important because Jameson would lead every lap from there to get the $5,022 victory. But anyone who watched these feature highlights knows the other subplot was the melee on the front stretch. First you have this wreck, where as Spanky to Spain said, a gaggle of cars get piled up, and then it really gets weird. John Owenby's red car is pointed the wrong direction. Guys are rolling around fighting on the front stretch. David Marler at one point, it's about to happen here, is stomping on Owen B's hood. Cameron Marler is, there's David, trying to pull the hood back. At one point, a pepper spray comes out. A couple of people get caught up in that. I'm telling you, Turn, sometimes you cannot make this stuff up. I don't know who caused it. I don't know what led to the heated emotions or how we arrived at this point. But I do know Jason Jameson was damn good and ended up winning this race.
Yeah, starting position, getting up front was a lot, and I knew if I could get down the back stretch and take the lead, uh, they'd have a hard time passing me back, but uh, everything worked out in favor tonight, and hats off to all the crew. I mean, they worked their butts off to get this new car out, and uh, I feel like we got to the hot rod again. Some folks have asked me about showing the fight and why we did. My, my take is pretty simple. This happened on the front stretch. So it's pretty much public domain at this point. If it's in the pits, it's different. This was on the front stretch. Plus, turn. this is a dirt track fight. We'll be on to the next one by next week. Finally, number five, turn. I told you that Michael Chilton was going to win this past week, and I called it. Of course, I said he was going to win at Lake Cumberland. Doesn't really matter, though. Chilton driving the Chicky Barton-owned 144 got his first-ever Southern All-Stars win Saturday night at Smoky Mountain for $5,000 when he inherited the lead from a ugh, slowing Dakota Knuckles. Chilton and Barton combined forces because Chicky had knee surgery in late July when he got injured in that drive shaft accident at Taswell. And then Chilton didn't have a motor in his car. So the two paired up for the weekend, and as Chilton said, it felt really good right away in the 144. I didn't know. I knew we had a good car there. Just first time in it, you know, we didn't get a couple laps of hot lap, and it just it's like going to, you know, everything's different. It's, it's a damn good car, that's for sure. And uh, it took me a little bit getting used to, but once I knew it was a good piece, and uh, we went and worked on it last night and, and dialed a few things in, and uh, damn, that thing was good. Uh, it seemed like a lot of guys fell out as a battle of attrition there. Um, uh, Dakota got out there. He had a really good car, but kind of once we got in clean air, means so much here. And uh, I, I kind of played defense a couple times there on some guys, and I hate to do that, but man, if you can let a guy get in front of you, it's so hard to pass. And uh, I thought Co I thought uh, Corey was going to blow up there. He kept smoking. I didn't know where to be, and him, I didn't want to get in a mess there with that. And uh, Dakota, he he put a hell of a move us on us there and got by us there on that start. And uh, I hated to see that happen to him, but uh, hey, we'll take one anyway we can get it. It is better to be lucky than good sometimes, and Chilton had some luck on his side. Not only did Knuckles fall out, but so did Eric Wells and Corey Hedgecock, both while leading. It was a war of attrition, as Michael said. The Chilton ended up surviving turn. That was five things. Is Chicky Barton one of the best names in all of motorsports, by the way? We had a Chicky, a Dakota, a Chilton, all in one event, right? Yeah. We had everything from hood stomping to Chicky in one five things right there. <laughs> we will discuss later in the show what the best racing weekend of the year is we're going to go to twitter with that but my vote is always this since i've been a kid because the parade classic used to be on labor day labor day weekend was it for me and it's not even really close i love the fall i love the weather i love that the world 100 is close just my opinion i am a labor day weekend guy and there's just so much racing this weekend i mean a mountain of racing that i really want to focus on that you may have noticed here recently in our pay attention segments we're doing more of this more sports center type segments that are one-on-one -on -one with a reporter and we're doing the same thing today again because it's important labor day weekend and breaking it all down is what we're paying attention to this week this week it's ben shelton who joins me on the integra shocks and springs hotline benji i know you don't have a lot of time tonight so we're going to crank through this I say it's Labor Day weekend, and it's not close on the best racing weekend of the year. Tell me why I'm right. Why I know, Ben, you tell me why I'm right all the time. But tell me, tell me why I'm right. Labor Day's the best. No debate. Yeah, you know, it's the final holiday racing weekend of the year. And for some tracks, it's their final race of the year, period. So you see a ton of specials from national shows, regional shows, all points in between. And then you got a lot of three-day runs, some four-day runs for series and teams, and I love it. Plus, there's that tinge of fall in the air. Not albeit in Memphis, where it's like a thousand degrees right now, <laughs> but a lot of areas it's kind of getting cool. The leaves are starting to hint at a change, and you just feel that you know things are really ramping up toward a big climax. 
Ben did like a, a postcard for, for Labor Day Racing. He expressed it better in like one soundbite than I have the entire time. Interesting this weekend, Ben, Lucas is the only national tour that's racing with the World of Outlaws off. Uh, Lucas has a triple header. Give us your Ponderosa, PRP, and Hillbilly breakdown with these three coming up. As Lucas really stays busy right after this monster weekend, they're right back at it. You know, Ponderosa is a really interesting racetrack. The front stretch is kind of curved, and the grandstands curved with it. And it's kind of like got that old-school American, or not American Gladiator, like back-in-the-day Gladiator. It's just, you know, the stands wrap around the front straight away, and that's kind of cool. Um, You know, I really think guys like Jason Jameson and Michael Chilton are going to represent the the regional front pretty strong. But I think Don O'Neill is going to win another race at Ponderosa. He's been good in there in the past. He's really picking up some speed. I think Don picks up the win at Ponderosa. Heading to Portsmouth. Portsmouth is kind of a love-hate thing for a lot of drivers. Some places are, some drivers are really good there. Other ones, not at all. And they don't make any punches about it. If you look back at last year, Josh Richards swept both events there, including the Dirt Track World Championship. I think he's going to end his six-month winless skid there on Saturday night. I really think Josh is prone. That team's been good. They just haven't had much luck. I think he's going to win. And then you head to the Hillbilly 100 over there at Tyler County Speedway. And, you know, it's no big secret. This place is off the beaten path. And when you go there, you know you're probably going to leave pretty dirty. <laughs> However, I love Tyler County Speedway. You know, the race in there never disappoints. It's a true boring. And it's a track where there's always a chance for a regional gun to upset the Travelers. You know, we've seen it in the past with guys like Jared Hawkins, Tim Dome, you know, several others. I don't look for a Cinderella story this year, though. I think Scott Blomquist gets his fourth Hillbilly 100 title and the 50000 that goes with it. And probably the final thing to know about all three of those races, these Lucas guys have really been racing hard this year, and I know they got the topless weekend off, but it's still a lot of these guys have got their tongues hanging out. I think one thing to watch all weekend is after very demanding track conditions all weekend at Mansfield, you can see some race-winning contenders go by the wayside with random mechanical failures throughout the weekend. So I think that's going to be something to watch that we can see more of what we saw in that 100 lap at Mansfield where a guy looks like he's on the way to the win, and then, boom, something random happens, and he's out of the race. Last couple of things. It's kind of crazy. The only other 10,000-to-win show this weekend, other than Lucas stuff, is in Beaver Dam, Wisconsin, of all places, Friday uh, for 10,000. There's also a myriad of other three and four and 5,000-to-win regional shows. Dissect a few of those. Give us two, three, or four. Break them down three or four other races if Ben Shelton was a fan again that he might be interested in checking out this weekend. Well, I mentioned it in Fast Talk, and the 4,000 to win at Com- the Comp Camp Super Dirt Series race at Crowley's Ridge on Friday uh, in Paragold, Arkansas. That's a definite under-the-radar event. That's a must-see must place for any race fan, especially if you like that old-school feel. The tiny bull ring, which honestly is not much bigger than the Dome racetrack, but they run three and four wide around it, plus... Drivers have come to fall in love with the place. You never know who's going to drop in for a 4,000-win race there. Uh, yeah, I really like the three-day ALMS swing that goes from Farmer City to Oakshade to Eldora. Well, I don't know how many guys will actually run all three events. I think each event's going to have really eclectic fields. And, of course, Sunday night's Earl Baltus Classic is always a who's who of guys looking to get ready for the World 100. So I think that's going to be a fun swing. And last but not least, I like the Buddy Rogers Memorial on Sunday night at Taswell. In my opinion, the racing in 2018 has been the best possibly ever been at that wicked fast high bank racetrack. They've really done a good job with prep. There's been a lot of good racing. I expect this will be a fun show, and I'm going to go ahead and step out and say there could even be a surprise winner for this one. Totally agree on the Taswell thing. I think Gary's got it dialed in this year. Who needs a good Labor Day weekend, Ben? I'll leave that open-ended. Be it a track, a driver, anybody. Who needs to leave Labor Day and feel better than they did coming in? 
You know, a lot of people are going to think I'm crazy, but I'm going to say Jonathan Davenport. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he just won on Friday night. Yes, he leads the Lucas Oil standings. And, yes, he has 13 wins on the year. But, man, it just does not seem like that team can find any consistency at all. Uh, if He's leading the points. Obviously, he's got what it takes to win the title. I think if they can put together a strong string of Labor Day events, that it really could go a long way toward him getting his second series championship. Does Labor Day success, Ben, equal World 100 success, or does it literally not matter at all? Um, you know, I wanted to answer that real quick, and I also want to – I missed one other. It, it escaped my mind. I want to say back on the last one, Josh Richards is another guy. Oh, yeah. And if he can win at Portsmouth like I, I think he will, um, that's going to be huge for that team because they've got all the pieces in place to make a strong late race run. And they're just missing a little, a little bit, maybe a lot of bit of luck. I don't think that the team on the national level has consistently had as many bizarre things happen to them as Josh has had. So that's another one. Um, on to your Labor Day question. I know Todd and Kevin and those guys have got the fact that from years past that if you do good on Labor Day, it, a lot of times it parlays into the world. But I just think we live in a day and time now where competition is so tough and it takes luck to win any of these races but I just don't think one goes hand-in-hand hand with the other. Sure, momentum is a good thing, but I think you could be a guy that might not even race Labor Day, and maybe you have a better chance to go to the world and win than anybody just because a lot of these guys have been running such a long season and it's been so tough on equipment. Ben, I know we got to cut you loose. you got stuff to do. The good news is you'll be right back on here next Tuesday with me on the Media Roundtable. Can you think of anything you've been more excited about than a back-to-back late model live appearance? You know, I can. I mean, <laughs> who cares about watching a guy win over $200,000 in the World 100 coming two weeks after? It's late model live, hands down. Sorry, All right, Benji. We'll talk to you later. Talk to you next Tuesday, bud. All right, buddy. Thank you. I talked about the, the big three, or turn you like that, I hang up on people now. I like you yeah. to hear the sound effect. I want them to know. It sounds like a flush, <laughs> that I'm, like, flushing them. I talked about the big three earlier in the show, and I want to tie in our Twitter question tonight with it. The big three of the big three racing weekends in our sport – Memorial Day, July 4th, and Labor Day. Which one's the best and why? Which is your favorite? Hashtag Late Model Live at Dirt on Dirt. I want to know. It's By the way, it's, it's only Labor Day, okay? There is no other response to this turn. <laughs> I'm telling people what to answer. First commercial break coming up. You're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. We're back after this. Marie up there is just uh, is a great person to talk to. They're always real easy. Uh, you need something to get it right out. And uh, I just my program wouldn't be nearly where it's at without support like FK Rod ends. Everything on our car is you know the best in the business, and they're on there for a reason. And we just have such you know good relationships with Maria and them there, and and their products you know the best in the business, and that's why we run them. After nine years of trying, Scott Lundquist, finally a Show Me 100 winner at Lucas Oil Speedway. The Rockettesi Dura Power Saturday dominates in Muskegon County. Tonight here at Tri-City Speedway, Brian Shirley wins in all but turn number four. He's fourth of the season and sweeps the weekend. Brian Shirley wins in Bayon County. And now through turns three and four, it's going to be Scott Lundquist winning his eighth dirt late model three.
Looking pretty good, isn't he, Hutt? Looking real good. Down the back straightaway, Drown coming on strong. And, a, and Ricky Thornton, he's got a flat tire. Thornton may have a flat tire. Can he hang on at the line? Here they come. Who's it going to be at the line? And oh, oh my goodness. Heartbreak Hotel. Are you serious? James now with a single jinx turn. He gave him the double jinx there. He's looking good. He's looking really good. He's looking pretty good. Heartbreak for Ricky Thornton and Hudson O'Neill. His uh, replacement, Ricky, happened to be Hudson, was up in the booth for that. That was pretty cool. I I just want to say, too, we had a fun weekend in Mansfield. Just one of those moments that stood out was that Ricky Thornton moment. It'd be interesting to see where things go in year two for Cody Summers' Dirt Million. Meanwhile, we asked on Twitter, and you answered, which is the best racing weekend of the year, Memorial Day, July 4th, or Labor Day, as it pertains to Dirt Late Model Racing? And here are your answers. Turn, you take the first one for me. I want I want you to take Dawson James's All answer. Right. Dawson James disagrees with you, says Memorial Day weekend, uh, because you know the season is just getting started. When Labor Day comes, you know the season is coming to an end. That, I, that's a valid point. It is a great point. It's spoken like a true fan as someone who covers it. Very, <laughs> may have some, a little bit versus somebody that works in it. Yeah. Feeling about it. But that's a very fair answer and a common moral answer. Yeah. Next up, turn. What do we got? We've got uh, Jared Stephenson. Wow, what a name. Jared Stephenson. Labor Day, because it's the World 100 week, and I could yep. not agree with that more. The world's just around the corner. Turn, you got the next one. Yeah, very common theme. Uh, Labor Day is my favorite. Generally cooler weather. I agree with that. You love it. Uh, except for it's 100 degrees outside today. <laughs> no, just cool. Don't worry about that, Turn. We're not <laughs> to Labor Day yet, all right? <laughs> all right, and we have the uh, Hillbilly 100, college football, and then the beginning of world week that's again. the one thing i like about labor day too is the fo- everyone loves football and football is just starting they all tie in together racing football cooler weather there's just something about it that's good we got one more right one more stevie pill says has to be labor day fueled by memories of rolling into pensboro for the hillbilly 100 and it's also less than one week away from the world look what he did there turn i know the world Ooh, i like that <laughs> somebody send stevie pill a dirt on dirt t-shirt by the way the answer is labor day that's Josh when I get him on in a second, what he thinks. I was interested in this week's JRI Shocks Top 25, as I have been all year, because many of our voters really put a lot of weight into big races, particularly in big races that pay a lot of money. So the Dirt Million will pay more than any race the entire year. So how much oomph would our voters give guys that fared well in Mansfield? Let's find out in this week's JRI Shocks Top 25. I didn't know if we'd get... A change on top, we don't. Brandon Shepard was running in the top three late. I figured that'd be enough to cement him as the number one spot. Scott moves up a spot. Mikey moves up a spot. Chris Madden takes the weekend off. The voters punished him for it. Earl Pearson Jr. I don't have any problem with Earl getting a number one vote. The guy just won two hundred grand. I get it. He's been pretty solid all year. I could live with Earl getting a number one vote. He's up four spots. Bobby Pierce with that run, impressive run, up five spots. In turn, if I had told you, uh, in December, that Ricky Weiss would be ranked inside the top five on August 28th. Would you have believed me? In December, no. In, in January, January maybe. Yes, That's why yeah. I strategically chose December, <laughs> yes, turn. Yes. Uh, Shannon Babb, great weekend as well, still sits at 10th. 11 through 20, uh, Brian Shirley, mechanical failures he had. He had to leave after Friday night. He's down a few spots. Devin Moran struggled all weekend. He fell five. And really, I'm looking at these guys that are falling. It's more about, look who was in the top 10. All those guys really ran well in the Dirt Million. So that's why I think some of these guys are falling. Shane Clanton, some people take uh, umbrage with this. He skips the million, but he wins at Sonoya, moves him up three spots to number 19. I have no problem with it, but some people might. In turn, for the third straight week, we have a tie. We do. At 25. That has never happened once, and now we've had it three straight weeks. 
uh, and also poor Hudson O'Neill. He's hanging on for dear life <laughs> at 25, down seven spots. He will just keep falling, obviously, the more he doesn't race. Uh, no newcomers in the poll. In the announcer rankings, he's climbing. And he, sure. Well, he's already ahead of Ben and Dustin, yeah, but we'll discuss we'll discuss that later. It is pretty much understood in our sport, or at least it should be understood in my mind, that the biggest race we have is the World 100. Not only the prestige, but with the longevity of the world. It's the 48th running next weekend. But I think often, though, turn because it really was the first high-paying, or was the first high-paying dirt late model event, people think it's the oldest big dirt late model race, but it's not. That honor goes to the Hillbilly 100, an event that this Sunday will be held for the 50th time. 50! It's hard to believe our sport is even that old. In honor of that milestone, promoter Carl Short will pay $50,000 to win this Sunday at Tyler County Speedway in the largest single-day event ever held in our sport. Never! Has anybody ever paid more money in a single-day show as, once again, just like he did with the dirt track back in the day, Carl Short is making headlines and changing the game. Don't forget also Ponderosa Friday at Chris Tilley's place for 12000 and Portsmouth Saturday for 12000 as well, part of a big three-day triple header for the Lucas Oil Series. You know one thing that's often said about the Hillbilly 100, too, it may not be the biggest race that we have, but if you live in the state of West Virginia or you are from there originally – it's the biggest for most of them, and it's not concerned. Do not make the mistake of arguing with them about this, okay? I have been scolded by West Virginians on this before. And if you're going to talk West Virginia, you have to have the greatest guy to ever do it from the Mountaineer State on the line, defending Lucas Oil champion Josh Richards, who joins us now on the Integra Shocks and Springs Hotline. Josh, I'm a little bit right about that, aren't I? That inside the state of West Virginia... The hillbilly is a huge deal. Tell me why I'm right about that, and I think you probably agree. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's just, uh, I mean, it really is just the heart of, um, obviously, where I grew up. And, I mean, the racing in that area is just so so strong, and it just goes, I mean, it goes back for so long. I mean, the excitement um, over that event and to see it, you know, start at, um, you know, Pennsboro back in the day and moved to Tyler County. It's moved around a little bit, you know, 577 and then our wells, but, um, to continue to be at Tyler County, it's 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 an awesome event, and, and what I like about it so much is that it hasn't that same feel has yep. it hasn't changed over the years. Like I, I have the same feeling now as when I did when you know even back when I was a kid at Pennsboro. It's it's just has you know um, it, it's pretty cool. There's not there's not many events that really hold that, and that that's uh, that's pretty cool. That is a tremendously correct answer, man. You nailed that. Get, speaking of the hillbilly and your childhood and everything else, give me some early hillbilly memories for you. Maybe it's you as a kid in the stands at Pennsboro or in the pits with your dad or I-77 or Tyler County or West Virginia Motor. Give me some hillbilly memories that stand out for Josh Richards. I want to say the, uh, the, the biggest memory, I mean, I, I remember going to Pennsboro as a kid, and, and those years were extremely impressionable. Um, in my <laughs> racing as, 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 as piquing my interest of, of, you know, wanting to race, but really the early 2000s, uh, when Davy Johnson was driving for us back and when he actually won the race, uh, in 2000, or I think it was, I think that was a year. And, uh, cause he had won Cedar Lake, uh, that year as well. And, and both of those races, they meant the world. I mean, it was just so cool to, to, you know, to be a part of that and be, you know, in the pits and, and, uh, you know, watch him, you know, win those races and just be a part of, such a such a big race and, and just kind of to get to experience that was um that was probably the most memorable um was was uh was was back then when he's you know the blue and yellow one car and obviously what i started in and 
And uh, I'm going to say that's probably was that was the coolest. I'm laughing a little bit when you said impressionable and Pinsborough in the same sentence because a lot of people have had a lasting impact from Pinsborough. It's been impressionable for a lot of different reasons, Josh. <laughs> that's why I was laughing. Yeah, yeah. There's some stuff oh, that yeah. went on at Pinsborough over the years that left an impression. That's not how you yeah. meant it, but that's why I was laughing yeah. about it. So, yeah. I've always said about West Virginia and West Virginians, when it comes to this race, and I think late model racing in general, there is a certain attitude that comes along with the state, and I mean this in a good way, in our sport. It just feels different out there. West Virginians are so proud. It's like family. It's a small state, really. They're all in on it when it comes to their own. And I think you've probably felt that over the years, whether it was Mike Balzano or the Domes or the Hawkinses or whoever. People from West Virginia support people from West Virginia. Don't you think that's right? And it kind of feels that way from my outside perspective, at least. Oh, you know, without, yeah, without a doubt. I mean, and, and the, the biggest reason I think is, you know, those guys, the locals from that area, and they're, I mean, they're tough. Yeah. You know, I mean, they definitely have a shot to win. And, and uh, whether, I mean, there's growing up over the years, whether it's, um, you know, my uncle Robbie Scott or um, even Derek Dahl, who races, you know, races locally or, you know, obviously Shaver and Balzan, all, all the guys from that area, um, they're, you know, rolling into that area. They're, I mean, they legitimately had a shot to win and, uh, you know, and still do. So, um, it's just uh, it's it's a neat it's a neat deal. You just ran for two hundred thousand dollars to win this last Saturday. Sunday you will race for fifty grand in one night, largest single payday ever. How big of a deal is that? That in one night you don't have to be there two, you don't have to be there three. In one mm-hmm. night you can win fifty thousand dollars. I don't think mm-hmm. we as fans truly get what that means to a race team. Try to express that to us. No, I mean that's I mean we we live off of you know, our, our winnings. I mean, it's a big portion of, you know, what we do and uh, what it takes to travel up and down the road. And, you know, people don't realize how expensive it really is um, to do this. And uh, I mean, that's huge. I mean, you know, everyone's um, can look at the sport different ways and seeing how it's falling off and in different areas. And, and, um, but I mean, to have a 50,000 one, one day event, you know, Carl Short's always kind of been, you know, ahead of the curve on, on a lot of things. And especially, you know, on this event, um, and, and keeping it going so long, um, it, it's, it's pretty neat. It's, 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 it's really cool to be a part of, and then even bumping up the dirt track um, to a hundred grand a few years ago. Um, I mean, that really says a lot about our sport and, uh, it's really neat to, you know, to, to, to be able to, to do that. The Hillbilly 100 has been, you mentioned it, five different tracks in its history. And I'm sure Pennsboro fans will always say that's its home, but I, I have, and I do enjoy Tyler County. I think the Watsons do a nice job there, Cody and John, with the racetrack. They've made some facility upgrades and some improvements the last couple of years. Now, we know it's notoriously a little dirty at Tyler County, but the racing has been great. I think it might have slipped for a year, but now I think it's kind of coming back a little bit and back on track. What do you expect when we roll into Tyler County as far as the racing goes on Sunday? I I mean, I expect expect it to be, uh, I mean, a really tough weekend, especially, you know, with the Outlaws being off this week. Right. Um, you know, you have all those guys. I mean, I just think it's going to be a, a, an awesome event. Um, I mean, you know, Tyler County is always known. Anytime you ask anybody, they're like, that's the dustiest track ever. And you <laughs> mentioned, have you been to Tyler County? No. We're like, okay, well, you can't say that. That's just, you just know that going into it. But no, the, the Watsons do a phenomenal job there. And you just know that going into it. But, you know, put all that to the side, the racing is always fantastic. And it's by far, I mean, it's one of my favorite tracks to drive on. Um, I love, you know, it's just, it's just a fun track and, um, you know, I just expect the racing to be good and, uh, and really tight. And it's, it's, and I, and I, I mean, it can come down to the wire. I mean, without a doubt, I mean, you can, 
that place, you just never know what can happen, and the grooves move around a little bit. And uh, once your tire gives up a little bit on the right rear, I mean, it, you just never know, and it can come down to the wire. Final few things, Josh. we got to talk about your year a little bit. You win the Lucas Oil title last season. You open up this season back-to-back wins at Golden Isles. And I remember saying to Derek Kessinger, leaving Golden Isles the second night, I said, oh, my goodness, he might be a tour de force this year. Fast forward to Labor Day weekend, and somehow Josh Richards has not won another race. The simple question is, and I want you to be as brutally honest as you can, how (laughs) how has that happened? Explain to me how we've arrived at almost September, and we're still looking at February at the first win, because I'm kind of baffled by it. Yeah, I mean, it's really just, man, it's just been one of those years. We've, uh, I mean, we just look at everything that's happened over the year. And we've, we've had, you know, we've found speed and had speed and been in contention and, you know, been really close and, you know, and have goofy things happen. And, um, you know, I knew, I felt like Magnolia, we had a really good car and ended up, you know, with a flat, finishing on a flat left rear tire and, uh, you know, ending up third and they had a really good car this past weekend. And, um, I mean, it's just been, I don't know, I just can't, it's just, you know, the, everybody's gotten so close and, um, you know, we've, um, you know, we're going to some, with the Lucas deal, we're going to so many different tracks and different tires and just trying to get on, get a handle what we really need to do. And, and we've had speed. It's just a matter of trying to find that consistency. And I feel like the last few, few, uh, probably month and a half, I feel like we've got actually gotten that back. Um, you know, even though some of our finishes don't show, um, but I feel like we've, I feel a lot more confident, uh, you know, going towards the end of the year as I did, um, you know, right after Florida, we kind of hit a few speed bumps and, and it took some time to kind of get caught up from that. Josh, real quick, Hillbilly not the only Lucas race this weekend. You've got Ponderosa in Portsmouth also. Give us a scouting report real quick on both those places. Obviously, PRP, a place I know you like after last year. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'm for sure looking forward to going to Portsmouth. We ran well at uh, the, the race back in the summer. Um, plus, we can you know try some things to go back into the dirt track. Ponderosa, I've, I think I've raced there two or three times. It's been a few years. Um, I just know it's a, it's a fast, fun little track, and and just really looking forward to it. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited about this weekend at all three places. Uh, I know the racing is going to be really tight. And all three places, you got to be up on the wheel pretty good. So I, uh, I always look forward to that. Last week on Tuesday, I said Earl Pearson Jr. would win the Dirt Million on Tuesday, and he did. I am saying Josh Richards is going to win the Hillbilly 100 this weekend right now. So make me go. I, I think you'd be happy with that prediction being correct. That's right. I'll be very happy. You know, we're definitely going to give it all we got. All right, book it, turn. Josh wins the Hillbilly 100. Lucas Oil triple header kicks off this weekend at Ponderosa on Friday, Saturday at Portsmouth, and capped with the 50th annual. Annual one day fifty thousand dollar to win hillbilly hundred huge three day set over the holiday weekend and Josh Richards will try like hell to pick up his first victory since Speed Weeks and make me look good for the second straight week turn. I know that's going to weigh heavily on Josh's mind. I know really that's what he and Randall are. Josh, good luck this weekend, man. Thanks for joining us and uh, and like I said, go out there, man. Keep your head up, man. Everything's gonna be all right. I promise you. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, thanks, Josh. Turn, I think that Ben Shelton and Dustin Jarrett, by the way, might be out of a job. We had a guest announcer in the booth at Mansfield, and even his young age of 17, I think he's better than Ben and Dustin already. I think so, too. We'll discuss that and see if those two still have a job. You're watching Kaiser Manufacturing's Late Model Live. Martin Automotive has franchise for Ford, Kia, Chevy, 
GMC, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, and Ram. We cover heavy-duty hauling or vehicles for the driving enthusiast. At any Mark Martin location, you'll find a large selection, variety, and great prices. MarkMartinAutomotive.com gives you 24-hour access to every location. Browse inventory, apply for credit, and schedule your delivery. We can arrange for delivery anywhere in the U.S. or pick you up at an airport. Give us a chance to earn your business, and you'll see why everyone wins at Mark Martin. Late Model Racing Australia, this is a really cool deal that they put on, and uh, we're just having a blast parking by my butt here, Ryan. Uh, it's, just, it's just a really fun time. It just keeps growing, so I can't see why, why next year wouldn't be any bigger. Meanwhile, Tina goes, and it's all Jason Fitzgerald and Tyler Ramp. Slide job to Earth. Can he pull it right? Yes, he can. Back to the race lead. And wins. And takes the win. Hell, I think there was, what, 29, 30 cars at, at every show, and that, that was way better than last year, so... Never know when we get back next year, there might be 50. The biggest dirt race in the world is only at Eldora. It's the 48th annual World 100. Witness dirt late model superstars battling for $51,000 to win. One giant weekend of camping, music, parties, and the nation's greatest dirt racing. And it's only at Eldora Speedway, located on Ohio State Route 118, just north of Rossburg. Get your tickets now at EldoraSpeedway.com. The World 100, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday, September 6th, 7th, and 8th. Only at Eldora Speedway, Ohio State Route 118, Rossburg. Is your company looking to reach more racers and businesses? Is your race team unable to attend that important trade show? If so, now is the time to join The Drive. Poised to revolutionize the trade show experience through its virtual and mobile-friendly platform, the Direct Racing Industry Virtual Expo is set to air live November 8th through the 10th, 2018. The Drive is free of charge and features virtual booths filled with photos, videos, live chat and much more from many industry leading companies to attend the drive free of charge or to register as an exhibitor visit us at thedriveexpo.com that's what this is one big damn conspiracy and everyone's in on it including her goodness i wanted to be very clear to people by the way we did not actually carve in the wood on the actual movie set where <laughs> shawshank we had people ask oh my god they let you carve in the wood no we did not carve in the wood that's tim truex's photoshopping right there of course the prison where the movie shawshank redemption was filmed is literally what three miles turn if that yeah it's close. two and a half three miles to mansfield motor speedway and you better believe that this shawshank loving staff took advantage of that we filmed a suave on the street or suave shank as he said uh just a little piece of that you can check that on our facebook page suave and a prison that is a hell of a combination turn we will not see hudson o'neill race a dirt late model again until february as he's recovering from that shoulder surgery but if there is one silver lining to that, it's that we got to have him as a guest announcer in the booth all night Saturday as he sat in with James Essex and Dustin Jarrett. Turn, it was a lot of fun, and I'm not going to spoil it. 
because that's the subject of this week's Turns Turn. Dance turn, dance turn. Oh, whoa, a bloomer, a double bloomer yeah. dance move. Bloomer needs to work in a dance in I, his thing. I know, I know. I'll run that by him. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let go, me know how that works go out. Go ahead, buddy, yeah. So this weekend, uh, and this is something that we've talked about, uh, Michael and I, and we thought it would be great to have a previous driver or something come in and be a color, uh, color commentator. So... The opportunity arose actually during hot laps yes, during hot laps. <laughs> of, uh, of Saturday's broadcast. And we said, yeah, we'll get him a mic. We'll get him all set up. This is Hudson O'Neill, of course. Hudson yes, O'Neill, yes. 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 So we had, uh, we had a fun broadcast. I, I was laughing a couple of times yeah. down in the trailer. So I'm just going to roll uh, a couple of highlights here um, of, of Hudson's evening on the broadcast team. It's like having Dale Jr. in the booth. It is. Slide job. (laughs) Slide job. Well, you're going to have a good Christmas if he wins this thing, aren't you? Oh, my. Oh, my. My birthdays are sooner than that. Your birthday's coming up here. It's coming up here next September. September 3rd. Don O'Neill right now putting it down into turn number three. Into turn number three. Call it, Hudson. Give us a call. The final lap. Here they are. (laughs) He's speechless. Don O'Neill's going to get the win of the dash. I got to tell you, your son is up in the announcer's booth. He's commentating tonight. I asked earlier who he thought was going to win. He said that 49 car looked real good. He didn't even pick you. I want to throw that out there. Come on, yeah. How about that? Uh, I don't know. Has he done a good job up there? Well, he just said that Ricky Weiss was from Onawanabatoba. I don't know. He invented a province in Canada, but he has done a good job. He's been up there rooting for you. I like, I like the game where Hudson goes. He's from somewhere up north, Canada or something. That, that was my favorite part. Is it Onatoba? Is no, that, not even close, buddy, but thank you. Onatoba? What is it? What is it? Manitoba. Manitoba. I was close. I got the last part right. Do That's Anna hey, Parker. Stop, Anna. Let, stop letting Hudson drink out of James Cup right now. That's Anna Parker, not Onatoba. I'm just a boy. Hud, what about we've heard a lot, of course, the last several years about tires sealing over. Tell the fans exactly what happens, those at home and maybe here that don't understand all that. What happens when the tires seal over? Whenever the tire the tires seal over, it just uh, that means the oil is exiting the tire. So, what that does is uh, it blisters tires, and that might be what has happened to Scott here. Whenever a, whenever a tire blisters, it uh, takes chunks out of the tire in the center of the block, and um, sometimes has holes. Um, so that that might be what's happened here, or he could have just had very something very simple like running over something. Thank you, Doctor O'Neill. That was very impressive. <laughs> So, you know, that was that was very fun. I put uh, put some funny ones in there as well as, you know, at the end. Uh, he had some good insights, you know, that you wouldn't get from just a, a normal, you know, schmuck like Ben Shelton. Or, wow. Uh, Ouch. Well, Zing. Well, I mean, he hadn't he hasn't seen Shawshank Redemption. Yes, so. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm sure Hudson, 17 years old, may not yeah. have either. But he did good. I'm glad you ended on that last clip. Because yeah, that was good stuff. We're gonna t- for those of you clamoring for it. We're gonna talk to Hudson a little bit more about doing some stuff for us before the year's over. So he's only seventeen. I don't think people realize like he's not only is he young, but he has a long way to go. He could pass Ben and Dustin within like three weeks. I feel oh, like oh yeah, like a month. That'd be so, easy. Turn. We discussed the Bloomquist dramatics earlier in the show. Be honest with me. You knew that Scott was Suave's lock this week. So when you saw that he was light at the scales on Friday night. Was at least a little part of you, well, I hate it for Scott, but I love it for turn. At least a little part of you, right? Honestly, I was more worried because when there's shenanigans and stuff going on with Scott, it 
it tends to lead to him winning. That's true. Like, for, That's like true. look at the dream, you know? Yeah. So I was actually nervous when he was light at the scale. That's fair, and I kind of thought maybe with one more caution he might have won the race at the end. But anyway, the struggle bus continues for Suave right now. He is cold. Let's find out if he has a Labor Day bounce back in him. Suave's Lock of the Week. I'm officially in a freezer after going one and five in my last six contests. My record falls to nine and nine. It might be time to hit the panic button. It's happened a couple of times. Our car sits different on scale, so I just want to be sure we're on there right. Whether or not he changes his decision or not, I just want to see it. Did he say how many pounds you were light? He said 15 pounds. However, if the season ended today, Turn still would get that tattoo. So there's some light at the end of the tunnel. This weekend, I got plenty of races to choose from, but there's only one driver that comes to mind, and that's Illinois' firstborn son, Shannon Babb. I'm going with the local flair this week. Babb picks up the win Friday night at Farmer City. It's simple. Suave needs a win, and I can always count on the Mawequa missile to deliver. And that's Suave's lock of the week. It's such an awesome day. New year, but the same old swap. So give me the green light. Cause I'm ready to go. That's anguish. That's how he's looked all week. Nine and nine. He was nine and four. Five at one point, nine four at one point. Yeah, he was he was up quite a yeah, few. Yeah, he and... is now. Let's be fair; he's still winning right now. Five hundred yeah. or better puts the tattoo on your uh, on your body, but uh, <laughs> it is getting it's officially a horse race right he, now. He yeah? asked how many late model lives were left today. Yeah, he was office, like, and he was calculating. Like, uh -oh. He's like, oh no, wait a minute. I think there's six or seven left. Yeah. A couple in September, a couple in October, one in November, and then we take December off. So. Uh, turn, I told you, you're going to, you're going to be fine. Final commercial break coming up. Speaking of Scott Bloomquist, got a lot of Bloomquist stuff. We have a sound bite from him coming up after the break that I think you're going to want to hear. It's about his hauler situation. I've been sitting on it for a while since the North South. I think you're going to want to hear it. We'll be back after this. Their quality second to none. Number two, their service is outstanding. And number three, they are on the leading edge of piston ring technology all the time. They supply rings to the best racers in motorsports, all levels. Josh Richards in a backup car comes from the tail to win tonight at Golden Isles. Who's it going to be at the line? Oh, no! I have no idea, but it looks like Shepard won! And Brandon Shepard, your new leader. Checker flag awaits. Here comes men, but Shepard will lead his flock to the promised land. He'll win at Volusia. It was pretty cool this weekend. NASCAR legend Mark Martin was watching the Dirt on Dirt broadcast at home and sent us this tweet. 
Uh, we appreciated it so much. Uh, we had to tweet him back, of course. We're showing him some support as well. The uh, the Don't forget our live trailer is pulled by the official production truck of DOD. You see it there, the Mark Martin Automotive Ram 3500. Can't say thanks enough to Mark and Lance Landers for partnering with us this year. Remember, buy a vehicle from Mark Martin Automotive. I, I, just, I, I cannot imagine a better deal than this. You get a lifetime subscription to DirtOnDirt.com. That's until you're dead. A great it's a long time. Your, it's a very long time. Mark Martin and Dirt on Dirt. That is a great combination. Get to markmartinautomotive.com today. Turn social media was really busy this weekend with the Dirt Million. Uh, there's a lot of tweets and stuff out there. One really stood out to me, though. We we sent this tweet out just before the feature. Turn, throw that up there real quick. It was um, the final tally is in. The race, uh, the purse, 405000 The winner takes this. It pays this to start. All of that kind of just hashing. Look at the 71 retweets and 217 likes. This was right before the feature at 9.30 p.m. I thought a cool response was from Ricky, Ricky Carmichael, motocross legend. Three holy crap blushing emojis with two thumbs up. I thought that was really cool. Just to see a guy like Ricky Carmichael paying attention uh, to a dirt late model news source and a tweet. I thought that was neat. That uh, Remember, these guys are all closer than you think. And these, these sports, they all know each other a little bit. And uh, I think Ricky was saying... Holy crap, this thing's about to pay 200 grand to win. Uh, people stood up and took notice. Let's uh, finish this show strong. Let me stand up and uh, take notice and finish strong with five to go. Number five, believe it or not, the only other ra- uh, race in the Lucas Oil events this weekend that pays 10000 is at Beaver Dam Raceway in Wisconsin on Friday night, 10074 to win. Of course, the 74 in honor of the Scheffler family. This race, the George and Russ Scheffler Memorial. It has been nine years. You're looking at the video now. Since Beaver Dam paid 10000 for a late model race. It's a video you see here. Jason Fager won his first ever World of Outlaws event that night. Fager will be at Farmer City Friday probably. Otherwise, I might have picked him. I'll go a different Illinois guy. Frank Heckenish Jr. gets a nice win. Good luck to all in Beaver Dam on Friday. Number four, the Comp Cam Series continues their nice season with a $5,000 win race at Crowley's Ridge, as Ben Shelton mentioned on Friday. That matches their highest-paying race of the season to date. They also have races Saturday and Sunday at Greenville Speedway in Mississippi for $2,500 and $2,000 to win. Sometimes picks just jump off the page of me. I think Billy Moyer Jr. is going to Crowley's Ridge. I think he wins at Crowley's Ridge. I feel pretty good if BMJ's in the house, he's going to win this one. Shout-out to Chris Ellis and the gang for what they've done all year on the Cop Cams Tour. Number three, it was announced last week that Lancaster and Cherokee would work together on a pair of November races. But hey, turn, first things first, they've got a double dip of Carolina Clash races this weekend. 4,000 to win Saturday at Lancaster. Lancaster, 5,000 to win Sunday at Cherokee. Chris Ferguson finally got a shakedown that Bloomquist car last weekend at the Dirt Million. I think he'll hang around home and get this turn. I think he could sweep the weekend. That's right. He will remember where the brake and clutch are on those Bloomquist cars and have himself a $9,000 weekend. Good luck to Mark Huey's bunch this weekend at Lancaster in Cherokee. Number two, Southeast got some good stuff this weekend. Chris Tilley's Ironman group makes their annual return to Volunteer State on Labor Day weekend, first at Bulls Gap Saturday, 5000 to win, and then Bad Fast Taz, Tazwell Speedway Sunday, for 4400 to win. I love this about Labor Day, those Saturday-Sunday doubleheaders because everybody's got off work on Monday. How about our good buddy Vic Hill? There he is, to win one of these. Vic's due a victory. I think he gets one this weekend. And number one, I always think about the MLRA series on Labor Day weekend, mainly because of that Monette special on Sunday. But they've got two before that. First Friday, Lee County 
which is a great track in Iowa for 3,000 to win Friday. That's a reschedule for May. Then Lucas Oil Speedway on Saturday for $5,075 to win. And then the aforementioned Monette on Sunday for 3000 more. Turn, I'm pretty sure that Monette has had a race on Labor Day weekend for 100 years. Don't double-check that, though, okay? <laughs> Just don't, don't double-check that. Jesse Stovall and Will Vaught are going to muster two of the three wins here. That is five things. And, Turn, I told you I had pages and notes. We got a bunch of We're not to the notes section yet. This is different. Here is a bunch of bonus races this weekend. There's so many, I couldn't condense them all to five to go. So here we go. Farmer City Friday, 5,000. Fairbury Saturday, 3,000 is the big central Illinois close to the season. Uh, the 10,000 to win Casey's Modified Nationals also at Fairbury Saturday. Thunder Mountain, 5,000 to win at Corbin, Kentucky on Saturday. Bedford, 5,055 to win on Friday. Fort Payne in Alabama recently announced 4,000 to win Saturday. Erie's Ultimate Northeast, 3,000 to win Sunday. Also on Sunday, Rome, 3,000 to win. Duck River, 3,000 to win Sunday. Dog Hollow, 5,000 to win on Sunday. And Eldora on Sunday, now $5,000 to win. Roger Slack ups the ante for the Baltics Classic in the final World 100 tune-up turn. Race on race on race on race. There's there a few is, there. There is so yeah. many races Labor Day weekend. Speaking of that turn, where will the dirt on dirt cameras be this weekend? We will be all over the place. That, that is, is the understatement of the century. I had to break out the two-pager mm. here, so look at that list. The rare two-pager. I love it. Go ahead. We, we will have Lucas Oil at Ponderosa, Portsmouth, and Tyler County for the Hillbilly 100. Yes. ALMS at Farmer City in Eldora. MLRA from uh, Lucas Oil Speedway. Yes. Iron Man from Volunteer and Taswell. The Wissota uh, series Wissota, yes, Proctor. from Woo, Proctor. I forgot yeah. about that one. I love it. Carolina Clash from Lancaster and Cherokee. And, oh, we got to go to the second page, page here. Two. Look at this. <laughs> Ethanol at Merritt. And then we have a bunch of unsanctioned races. Beaver Dam, Thunder Mountain, Tyler County, and Hashtag Falls. I mean, goodness. Great. I mean, who's... Who's pay- wait? Who's paying all these shooters, Amber? It must be. Must My be. goodness! So it's going to be seriously. No joking aside, Labor Day is a blast. Cub- on the app, the app only holds like third, the twenty-five most recent videos. So you best get to the full site this weekend to check everything out. There's going to be so many, and of course, turn next weekend. What do we got? The granddaddy of them all in our partnership with EldoraSpeedway.com, Roger Slack, and Jonathan Bateman. The classic, the World 100, every lap of the World 100 live at DirtOnDirt.com next weekend. I cannot wait. I love Eldora. It is my favorite. I am super pumped to get there. The weekend after that, turn Knoxville, the first two nights of the Lucas Oil Late Model Knoxville Nationals live at DOD. Uh, The final night will be on LucasOilRacing.tv if you're uh, wanting to watch Saturday night. The first two nights of those fun prelim nights, 25 lappers, we've got those on DOD. Turn, we keep going. The next weekend, you and Kane will be at the Jackson 100. First time ever, Jim Price's Brownstown Speedway. The Jackson 100, Saturday only on this. Friday is qualifying only. We're not going to show that. Maybe do it on Facebook, Turn. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Saturday only, D-O-D. And, uh, uh, or on D-O-D, the Jackson. And, of course, we're teasing this for the first time. The Pittsburgher at PPMS. The yeah. Miley family will host D-O-D on October 5th and 6th. Is the Pittsburgher is now live on DirtOnDirt.com as well. Turn, you getting some rest or what? I mean, I'm going to try and rest up here. I'm taking a vacation you at the end of uh, September. So. A well-deserved, I guess, vacation at the end of Turn, my hair, it's real humid out today. My hair's a little flat. I know. Way. You were worried about really this before the of, show. I really had a lot of trouble. I, I kept the beard because Amber likes the beard. The hair's a little flat, you know, so... 
I'm battling through right now. Notes, Kevin Kovac Memorial Notes section. I wanted to give a big shout-out to the city of Mansfield, Turn. Uh, we enjoyed it. I know Mansfield, I talked to a lot of locals. You know, the GM plant closed seven or eight years ago. They've had other tough industrial things, but I think they're bouncing back. Downtown was a lot of fun. Uh, Uncle John's, we ate at that restaurant. Yeah. We ate a cheesesteak cheeseburger, which my arteries are still clogged from. Uh, Susan at Doc's Diner, big shout-out to her. Doc, great sandwiches. I just had a nice time at Mansfield. It was a neat little city, didn't you think? Yeah, I thought it was really nice. Uh, I mean, the cheesesteak burger, oh. I mean... As Tim Truex would say, oh, God, oh God. it was exhausting. <laughs> yes. uh, so we had that. Um, you know, we, I mentioned it early in the show the rocks in the surface at Mansfield. Cody's very aware of it. He knows about it. The entire team at Mansfield is very aware about it. It is something that Mansfield has firmly on their radar. Believe me, nobody wants it to happen. Nobody likes it to happen. Nobody uh, thinks it will continue happening. But uh, it is just something, let me just say, that's on the radar screen. I didn't want to go the entire show and ignore it, uh, the rocks in the surface at Mansfield. I think we saw the race, the dirt itself, very capable of racing good. Uh, yeah, a little bit of a rock issue. They're aware of it. I think they will address it. Uh, turn, several guys made more money than they've ever made in a dirt late model race this weekend. Throw that graphic up there real quick. Not only Earl Pearson Jr., but Greg Satterley, Tyler Horst, Benjamin Mott, who put out together that great promotion with Snap-On, and Matt Irie, fiery Matt Irie. Five guys made more money this weekend than they have ever made in a dirt late model event. I think that was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, one more Mansfield note. Shannon Babb, of course, uh, we touched on it. He was absolutely heartbroken about not getting the win. But the older I get, and I grew up Babb, as I like to say, I grew up on Shannon Babb. Uh, you really get more perspective in life the older you get. And things that bothered you when you were 25 don't necessarily bother you when you were 35. And Shannon Babb had a great quote in Kevin Kovac's story. He said, you know, I don't get disappointed at racing anymore. When a guy can live a life like I do and drive a race car, have great people around me, and have a good family, there is no disappointment in that. And I don't know what it was, but it just struck me. That quote by Shannon Babb uh, made me think about my own life and put things in my own life in perspective. And uh, tip of the hat to you, Shannon. You're one of my favorite dudes anyway, and that made me like you even more. Final note tonight. There's just been this big hubbub about Scott Bloomquist and his hauler the last, I'd say, month, three weeks uh, he's Chris Ferguson's hauler at the North-South. He was in a different hauler at Mansfield. He does not have his hauler right now. And I was interviewing Scott at uh, Florence about some other stuff, and, and we talked. He said, hey, let's let's discuss this hauler situation. And I said, I don't really know where, where would I put that, how would I use it. And uh, Scott watches the Tuesday night show, and he's probably right. It's kind of a neat note for the show. So if, if you have a question about Scott Bloomquist's hauler situation, this is how popular the guy is term. We're talking about his freaking hauler. <laughs> Here's I asked him the question about it. Here was his answer from Florence at the North South. Put the rumors to rest. The hauler. Give us a hauler update, Scott. Yeah, we just we've got it out in Texas right now. Getting the, you know just anytime you have something new, uh, it's just a lot of bugs and little things to work out. And uh, uh, you know it was the, the first for him of its type. And some areas ended up doing a little bit more extravagant uh, rather than sturdy things that you know we're just just getting everything tuned back up uh it's not necessarily the best time of the year but we're hoping to have it next week get it back and it's it's definitely a difficult racing out of someone else's rig and i guess you could say i'm a little bit spoiled now he didn't have it back the next week of course batesville was canceled and they didn't go towards texas or i mean i don't know turn what the hell do i know about the hauler or anything else i just found it interesting that i've gotten asked about this hauler as much as i've gotten asked about anything the last three weeks so i thought hey here's a sound bite from the guy himself 
You do with it what you want, but that's what he says about that. I mean, it's the power of the Zero car, I think, a little bit there. One note I wanted to pass along to everyone as we approach the World 100. Most of you know we do the World 100 differently than we do any other event, not just with the coverage at the track, but the preview stuff leading up to it. We really try to pay attention, uh, give it the attention that it deserves from our writing staff to our video staff. We've got some neat stuff this year. First on the video side, we talked to drivers about their favorite memories of the World 100 that did not include them. Interesting to hear their outside perspective. Also, on the video side, we'll bring you the sounds of the world, we're calling it, you may have noticed the past few years we've really gotten into some of the great historical video, and we really have some great historical sound bites on the World 100, which is something I am really excited to see. We're calling that Sounds of the World, and it is all capped by our pre-World 100 hype piece that our own Tim Truex does. It's the video piece that airs prior to the start of the World 100, just before driver's intros, that really sets the mood for the entire night. I, I, we're almost done with it, and I am chills, chills yeah. on the arm. All of that coming up starting this Monday on Labor Day. Good luck to everybody out there on Labor Day weekend. It's a lot of fun, and I hope everybody has a great weekend of weather and football and family. And again, it's the best Labor Day turn, July 4th. Love it. Love America, but nonsense. Labor Day is the best racing weekend for turn. For Derek Kessinger, who's about to lose his bet. For myself, Todd Turner, everybody at DirtOnDirt.com. We'll be right back here next Tuesday with a full World 100 preview. See you then.